Mindfulness Mode 419. I believe that one of my principles that I learned by myself is the law of vibrational giving, and that's whatever you seek in life, make sure to give it first. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness right here on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. I've recorded another meditation to help you calm your mind and relax your body. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com forward slash waves of content. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's interview. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Today, I've got a phenomenal guest with an amazing story. This is going to be such an interesting episode. I have Andres Pira with me today. Andres, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am always in mindfulness mode, Bruce, yes. That's that's great. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, Andres Pira, his biggest wish is to help others become better than they already are. And I think that's a a fantastic focus to have in life. Andres is a real estate tycoon who's changing the landscape in Phuket, Thailand, with his massive construction projects. At the age of 20, though, he found himself homeless and sleeping on a Thailand beach. He's now a 36-year-old businessman, a billionaire entrepreneur, having founded Blue Horizon Developments, a business empire of 19 companies and growing. Andres is originally from Stockholm, Sweden, and he decided to pursue his dream of living in a tropical climate with lines of coconut trees, and he took his grandfather's inheritance of $2,000 and bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. We're going to talk about what happened then, but so exciting to have you on the show, Andres. Tell us, what does mindfulness mean to you? Mindfulness is a balance of life and also be able to to have a sense of calmness and uh, clarity in your mind and don't get emotions and negative thinking coming your way when you try to structure your day-to-day living. I think that's awesome that you've, you've mentioned balance. Now, Grant Cardone says balance is not something he wants in his life, but balance is important to you then. Tell us more about how balance is important to you. Um. Many people don't understand, I guess, you can define balance in many different ways. For me, balance is a, it's a balance of life, it's a wheel of life. I mean, a lot of people think that if you have a lot of money in your life, you're going to be successful and you're going to be happy. But I, I, I don't agree on that because if you don't have a healthy life, if you don't have a healthy relationship with friends or family around and you don't grow in certain areas in your life, you're still not going to be happy if you have all this money in the world. I, I do believe that a, a balance in all these aspects is very important to, to be truly rich, to be truly happy. Yeah. Well, I watched your video where you did the walkthrough on your yacht and you walked yeah. from area to area and it was truly spectacular. I didn't see very many other people. Who do you surround yourself with? Who would you love to have with you on that yacht if you had your preference? Um. I do like to be alone many most of the time because I believe that when you spend time alone, you you do a lot of self-talk. And when you do self-talk and you spend time away from people, you actually get to know yourself much, much more. Most people have problem being alone since uh, we wake up in the morning and we go to work, we meet colleagues, we spend time on television, we go out and have dinners. So we're always surrounded by people or friends and family, but we don't usually spend a lot of time alone. And I think that's very important. 
But if I do spend time with people, I like to spend time with people that believes in me and that uh, encourage me and that uh, and and uh, just uh, makes me feel uh, like being a better person, more or less. So I, I refuse to surround myself with negative people because that's what drags me down. Um, but uh, who I bring most on my boat is my lovely daughter, of course, and she loves being on the boat, especially sleeping there. And sometimes I. Uh, have meetings on the boat. I be able to take sales executives, different departments in my company, and we take a, a cruise around with the boat. So uh, we get a bit of change of environment instead of being in offices all the time. So that that, that helps my employees many times. I can see. Well, I've I've heard some of your employees talk about you, and they seem to be very grateful that they work for you. But I've also read that you encourage your employees to jump out of planes and to climb mountains. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, many people think uh, we're a crazy company, but uh, we have seen some massive uh, successes after we've done these crazy adventures together, more or less because we unite more as a group, as teamwork. We get to know each other on a whole other different level than just being uh, office acquaintances. And uh, we eliminate fears, and fears is what usually uh, brings people down. Or they don't—they're—they're they're afraid to fail. They're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of uh, what other people will think, and that's what usually makes people stop from pursuing their dreams and desires. And taking my employees and jumping out of sky or, or, or with airplanes and doing sky, summiting high mountains in the world—I mean. It's scary to do that, but when you do these things, you realize that you're so much more powerful than you think. And that's the, the, the idea and the emotions and, 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 and mindset I want to bring into my employees. And we see some great, great results when we are doing this adventure. Just following weeks after that, our, our results skyrocket. So could you tell us about one of your near-death experiences that you had? Oh, <laughs> well, I've been... Uh, it, Depends how you see it. I mean, we've, I've been summiting mountains all over the world. I've been uh, close to to fall off from them, but uh, in the last minutes, I uh, uh, I had luck being with guides, and also I, I suffered severe altitude sickness about five six thousand meters uh, above sea level, uh, which has been very critical. And uh, I almost uh, drowned a few times off because I'm a licensed diver, and I like to do a lot of diving in caves and trip breaks and stuff like that. So. Uh, it, uh, it's been close, but uh, I believe that uh, we always have something watching over us. So, yeah. One of my listeners, Adam Shibley, he, he wanted me to ask you this. He said, ask him what you focused on in order to make that transition. You were homeless on a beach. And then what was it that caused that mental shift to happen? Mm. That's a beautiful question. And uh while being homeless on the beach, I believe uh, I had a firm belief that uh, we are uh, we're not in control of our lives. We live day by day, and life just happens to you. That was my belief when I was homeless. I believe in something completely different today, and I believe that we're creators of our own reality, and we're creators of our own future and destiny by the images and the emotions of our mind and and soul. And that that was the big transition is when I started to read self development. I started to do exercises. I started to understand the power of the mind. And I, and I understood clearly that we never get what we never get anything in life because we don't know what we want. But when we make clear structural pictures in our head and we we live live life in, in full clarity and we make images uh, completely clear on whatever you want to be, do, or have, and then pursue them and believe in them, they always show up in your life. 
and I'm a firm believer in that now because everything I've set my mind for, I, I have achieved so far with these methods. And so do you believe in vision boards? Do you lay everything out on some kind of a card or a board that you want to create for yourself in your life? Of course. I will, will, would invite you home, to my home, Bruce, one day. You will see that all my walls and all my doors and even fridge and all that are with sticker notes and vision boards and, and pictures of things that I want to experience or see or be or do or have. So, yes, I'm a very firm believer in vision board because it's just programming of your subconscious mind in something you want to see it become reality. Right. What is the morning routine of a billionaire? <laughs> <laughs> It might not be so glamorous as you think, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious. What do you do? What time do you get up? What's the first thing you do? The first thing I do when I open my eyes is I start to uh, be grateful for everything I have in life. So I have a routine that I do in the mornings when I wake up. Is as soon as I put my feet down from the bed, I start to uh, think about all the big and small things that makes me grateful. It can be that I have a roof over my head. It can be that I have meals every day that I can eat. It can be that... Uh, all the people that I'm surrounded with and that I have a job, I have incomes, that I have clothes enough and that I live a great life and all these things, I, I, I go around and, and feel deeply grateful that I have all these things instead of focusing on things that I don't have. So I focus on the things that I already have. And I mean, every single person can do that. Even if you don't have anything, I mean, I, I, you might be healthy, so you should be grateful for that. Or you might uh, at least have something to eat a day. So there is always something to be grateful for. And I think it's very important to to wake up and remind yourself of those things. Because there's always someone anywhere in the world that has it has less than you have. There is always going to be that kind of person. So you have to be at least grateful for that. Uh, there's the small things in life. And I think that's very important. So I spend 20 to 30 minutes going around from the bed to, to the bathroom and then down to the to my uh, living room uh, to, to, to eat breakfast and to my car. And I go around that 20, 30 minutes going around and just feeling grateful. And the whole day pans out that way. And I feel grateful about it the whole, until I go to bed in the evening. Ah, and do you meditate? I do. I do. I usually, I, I, I did it much more before. And I would say that I have flaws as well. I wish I could do it every day, but I don't do it anymore. But uh, I do it at least one or two twice a week so far. I used to I, I used to do it every day, but uh, now with uh, all this traveling, I um, I pen it down to one two times a week, and I mean that's well that was a game changer for me. It was a life changer when I started to do that. Yeah. Well, another one of my listeners, Mark Guberti, he wants to know what you would do if you were suddenly dropped on that beach again, homeless. What what would you start with? What would be your first move? Everything we talk about today is that some people, they, they wish that it, it will work. Some people have faith that it will work. Other people believe that it will work. I just know it works. I mean, I come to that stage that I don't need to doubt anything about it. So if I would lose everything again and I would be on that beach, I wouldn't be so frustrated about it because I, I've been there before and I knew if I can build up everything I had from that moment, that time, I can do it again with the same kind of uh, principles with the same exercise and the same mindset. It would take another 10, 15 years, but uh, <laughs> yeah. at least uh, we wouldn't worry about the time since that time will pass anyway, I guess. So uh, I would go into that moment with a lot more certainty, clarity, and uh, and and, uh, and belief, yeah. Well, in your book, Homeless to Billionaire, you talk about how to move from fear to inspiration. Can you share a bit of that with us now? Mm. Um. Like I mentioned before, Bruce, most we we all live in most people we live in fear, right? Yes. In this world, we're always thinking about what other 
think about us. So we're always afraid to step out of our comfort zone because if we do that, we might fail or uh, we might lose everything or we, we, we are, uh, we're afraid to, 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 to step into the unknown. But that's actually the only place where it's growing happens. So when you're stuck in your, uh, in your comfort zone, you're, you're in the same wheel day, out, day in, day out, you, you stop growing and that causes, uh, you start to suffer, you start to be depressed being in the same place all over your life as well. So uh, moving from fear into inspiration is to, 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 first of all, really believe in what you are planning to do and believe that it's only, not only good for you, but good for others. And if you can show a great way of how to, to inspire other people, how to help other people and, and, and be a force for good, I mean that moving from, from fear to inspiration is one of the greatest feelings that you can have as a human being. And when you see that your inspiration is helping others getting inspired and they're actually starting to see growth in their life, that's one of the most beautiful things that, 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 that can happen. And I believe that we all have that in us. Andres, when you were a little boy growing up in Sweden, you were like eight years old. What was a day in your life like? Hmm. I was not a very good, uh, <laughs> uh, I dropped out of school when I was 14. And before that, I was more of a, more of a mess. I was one of, that, uh, one of those uh, boys that always doing pranks all over, all over my, my, my area or uh, my uh, my little village that I was uh, staying in. So I was not a very good uh, educated child at that time. And I, I loved to make a lot of pranks with both schools and teachers and other friends. And so I got, uh, I was a lot of in trouble. <laughs> you were kind of a rebel. Were you kind of a rebel? Kind of a rebel. I, I, I point out some of that stories in my book and uh, I'm uh, happy if people will read and they will see that they will understand a little bit of what kind of person I was at that time. Were you ever <laughs> bullied or did you ever bully other people? Unfortunately, I was a bullier, and that's something I feel bad about. And I was uh, one of these people that bullied others. Yes, I can. I can. I feel bad about it, but yes, I can say that I was. So, as an adult, as a businessman, do you have to resist an urge to push your way around and kind of be a bully? Um, no, so co- completely different now. Since I was a bully now, uh, since I was a bully at that time, and I and I'm completely the opposite now. I love to help people, and if I see people be, being treated in the bad way, I'm the first one who steps in and helps, because I see the both side of it. And when I was a bully, I felt good for the moment, but I felt depressed later on because I was doing something bad for someone, right? Right. But now, when I help other people in the complete other way, I feel good forever. So that's just a very clear signature of a sign of well, what's good, what's right or wrong. So uh, I uh, see both sides of it and I prefer the, the, the later one. Yeah. I think that's great. And in the intro, I mentioned that your biggest wish is to help others become better than they already are. What are some of the ways you've done that? Can you tell us a story about how you've actually helped somebody to become better? Yeah, I mean, I need to first of all focus that question, most of my employees and my corporations and departments and, and uh, different businesses I have. And I noticed that many companies in the world, they, they always they cut on salaries, they cut on well-being. They, they, they just look at the pennies and, and the numbers. But uh, I had a different belief and I believe that I can, why don't I pay my, my, my people more? And why do I educate them and make, make them grow, make them do goalies, make them believe in themselves. And uh, I also employ success successful CEOs, successful motivational speakers success gurus and i fly them in from america canada europe and they hold seminars for my employees they do one-on-one coaching with them 
we pinpoint them down and show them all these things and how to grow in life. And after we've done that, I can see some tremendous transformation in their life, both in private and both in within the business. So yes, I might spend a bit more on doing that in the start, but we get so much more in revenue after we actually lift people up. So that's my belief in helping others because if you help others first, they will give you so much more back. Yeah, I think that's so true. Absolutely. So tell me about the mindfulness that was required in writing that book, because writing a book is not an easy task and a lot of people want to do it and can't really do it. What was the process like for you, Andres? You know what? It was one of the hardest projects I've ever done. Was it? Because <laughs> I thought it was, well, I just write down from A to B from when I was young until today. But it was sometimes nothing comes out. Sometimes I could sit with a pen and just I couldn't even fill in a single word in the sheet. It was not. And sometimes I got some beautiful memories back or, or sentences or things that I, I thought it would be great in the book. And then I had to take a, a voice recorder or some notes uh, when I was out in shopping malls or I was out in a business room and all that. So the book has been created all over the world with small notes for over a 12-year period. So and then everything has been put together. So it took me almost a year to finish the book. Yeah. Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. So it was my first book and it was hard, but uh, I enjoyed it and I'm very happy to see it come to life now. And the subtitle is 18 Principles to Becoming a Money Magnet. And yes, uh, that was the yeah, that was the first uh, uh, the first uh, core of it. We changed it now. So, uh, oh. but it's eighteen principles of success. Yes. So oh, eighteen principles of success. Now, yeah. Can you mm. share a couple of the principles that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, sure. Um, I mean, these eighteen principles that I learned. Some of them I learned through self development from other uh, teachers and other mentors that I had in life, and some of them I learned by myself with trials and errors through my through my uh, life in business. And uh, most people have heard this eighteen principle, but you need to. Most people they read, they they understand it, but they don't apply them. Right. And it's it's when you apply things that's when the transformation happens. That's where the magic happens, right? And uh, one of the principles is, of course, be very clear, live a laser-focused life. And every, like we talked in before, you, you need to make sure of everything you really want in life. Write th these things down, put goals with dates. That's two of the principles. And then also living a healthy life is important. If I have a healthy mind and healthy body, that's another principle. People heard it before, but they don't understand that it's very, very important to, to live a healthy life in that way. So and also uh, one of my, I think... I believe that one of my principles that I learned by myself is the law of vibrational giving. And that's whatever you seek in life, make sure to give it first. So if you want to be successful, make sure to help other people become successful. If it's money you seek, help other people uh, make money, first of all. And if it's love you want, make sure to love you first. You can give more into others. So the law of vibrational giving is when you give something out, do it with a great feeling of joy inside yourself. And that becomes a boomerang effect and you get 10 falls back. It's a universal law that we all follow and we can actually control it if we, if we just practice it well enough. Well, you talked about health. Tell me how you're able to maintain great health in your own life. Well, I, uh, I love extreme sports. I'm up summiting mountains. I own fitness centers and gyms, so I like to be there several days a week. I love to, to, to study and see what I put in my body, what kind of nutrition and health and all that. And I like to exercise and I like to play football and all that. So I like to, I like to keep myself healthy and, 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 uh, and uh, exercising, yeah. So you own gyms and I know that some of your businesses are, are related to your real estate holdings. What other kinds of businesses do you have? 
Yeah, well, I have gyms, fitness centers. I have a, a gas station. I also have law offices. I also have uh, restaurants and coffee shops. So uh, that's a little bit of the background of other things that I'm doing. I have management companies in uh, in form of lettings, uh, also development companies, construction, uh, real estate, uh, real estate agencies. So in all, all together is 19 of them. And if you could start another company that was completely different from any company that you already have, what would it be? That's a great question. I haven't, I haven't come to the 20th yet. I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd be so curious to know. <laughs> oh, you will be the first one when the map, usually it comes out, comes as uh, flashes of light. I call it. It's just an inspiration, inspiration that comes from out of the blue, but I can just feel that this is the right thing to do, or this is something that will make me happy to see, to see materialized. And then it just comes and it feels right. And I'm just waiting for that flash of light to come in. So when you first got going in Thailand with your businesses, uh, how long did it take you to learn the language? I started to learn it just a few years ago. Oh, <laughs> and I've been you? there 16 years. <laughs> oh, okay. So you didn't learn it right away. No, no. It's, it's a hard language to learn. It's, it's very different from what we, uh, what we know. I mean, it's a totally other uh, way of writing is vocabulary, sound, um, they don't have spaces between their meanings when you write it. It's all completely different. So it, it took a while, but uh, I had to learn it. And uh, in the beginning, I had good translators, but in the end, now I can communicate well. Right. Okay. So yeah, you, you, you're still learning it then, sounds like. Well, I think we're all learning. I mean, my, 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 my bag, I'm Swedish, right? But I still find out new words in Swedish that I haven't heard all my life. So. <laughs> and you were born in South America. Where were you born? What country? Um, my mother is from Colombia. Oh, okay. And I was born on a tiny Caribbean island that is called San Andres. That's why they name me Andres. Oh. So um, it's a, yeah, it belongs to Colombia, but it's closer to Nicaragua. It's a very, very small uh, little island. But when I was three years old, uh, we moved to Sweden, all of us. Yeah. Oh, when you were three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, of all of your projects that you've worked on, what's one that just jumps right out and you just, you're so proud of it and you, you love to talk about it. Mm. I would say that the most, uh, the, the project that would be a, a real estate development that I did, there was 446 units or apartments mm -hmm. in on a mountain hill or overlooking the sea. And I got that inspiration when I was in Nepal, when I was trekking in the Himalayas mountains with a Buddhist monk. So I went to a Buddhist uh, temple in Nepal and I asked if a monk would, would like to join me for my trekking up in the summits there. And one uh, monk, he volunteered. So I spent five days with this monk, just me and him walking in the Himalayas mountain with a tent together. And we talked about life and all the religions and death and everything that happens to us and happiness and sorrow and emotions. and. Walking through all this mountain, a flash of light came to me and said, I, I should name my next project Grand Himalaya instead for Himalayas. And it became the, the most awarded real estate development ever in Phuket province after after that venture. So uh, I'm very proud of it. And it, it came like a, it was a perfect combination of, uh, of, uh, of work and also leisure and, and getting these life lessons from this monk at the same time. So I sculptured this development into an iceberg the whole reception looks like an Himalayas mountain, and also uh, the spas look like bird's nests that they similar bird's nests that they have in the Himalayas as well. So a lot of aspects. Imagine building a resort on a paradise tropical island, but it resembles a Himalayan mountain on the beach. So that concept it became viral, and uh, people just loved it, and we sold out that project with less than six months. Wow, that's that must have been so exciting. It is. I love, I, I love this kind of inspiration because you just know it's right and you know it's going to be good and then you believe in it. So 
that's the hunches you have to to uh, to follow many times when you get them. Sure. So day to day, we all have highs, we all have lows. What are some of your biggest challenges these days? Uh, I love that question because most people think that if you're successful and you have all this money and all that, we'll never have any worries. We don't have uh, any problem, but uh, that's so wrong. I mean, we're also human beings. I, I, we all have negative thoughts. We have negative feelings. We're worried about things, but the only difference I would say that we're maybe we can cut them off quicker than other people can. We don't let them linger with us too long time. We don't let them affect us in a, in a long periods of time that other people do. So, I do get all of this, yes, but I'm when I when I knew that what I'm thinking now is not healthy. It's it's making me feel bad, or it's making me feel nervous, or I'm I'm feeling anxious about it. But at least I'm aware what's happening to me, and I change it into things that makes me happy instead very quick. And it can be old memories, it can be family members, it can be some great projects that I've done, or some great contribution that I've done to to other people. So so everything that made me feel great before, I start to focus on them intensely when I feel that I'm not feeling very well, and I change that frequency, and I change the vibrations and and way of feeling in that moment. Yeah, it sounds like you take action very quickly. I do, because I believe... I'm we're, I'm an observer of what's happening inside of me all the time, and I'm very cautious of what's coming in and coming out. So when I start to feel that something is going the wrong way, I'm very quick in taking action and making sure it's eliminated before it becomes a spiral down and it affects even more inside of me. Right. You mentioned your daughter earlier. What do you think your best quality as a father is? Ooh, I never know when asked me that question before, I guess, in a business way, but... Uh, I'm a, I mean, she's everything to me. She's my life. Everything I do today is because of her. And that's my inspiration every morning is to, to be a better self uh, or a, a better version of myself. And I want her to be proud and I want her to, uh, to see that I'm a hardworking person. But I also, a good quality is that I do teach my daughter from young age that all this success, it doesn't happen overnight. And don't expect it to just come to you. It's, it's all about hard work. And we all have to work hard, but we, it's important to also find something that uh, that makes you happy, find your passion. Because if you have something, if you're doing something that you're passionate about, the money will follow anyway, and you're happy about it every single day. So I think a good quality as a father for her is that I don't push her into doing things that she don't want. Instead, she, I ask her, what makes you happy and what would you like doing? How do you see yourself when, when, when you're older? What do you want to work with? And you know what? For me, it doesn't matter what she tells me. If, if, some, if, if she's happy being an air hostess, or she's happy being a waitress, or she's happy being a lawyer, well, then do that. You know, so good quality for me is that every person should decide for whatever they want to do in life. No one else should. They, no one should live other people's dreams. So I believe a good quality is that she's free to do whatever she wants. And I will be supportive as a father, whichever decision she ever make. Andres, do you consider yourself a good listener? I believe I am. Yes. My, my, my uh, success is because I've been very good at listening to people. Yes. Yeah. I get that impression. I think you're a great listener and you. your employees, I'm sure feel that way as well. I know I saw some of their comments online that they left for you how did you develop that skill or did you always have it i guess i don't know if i had it all the time but every skill is something you work on and you become better at maybe some of us may be born with the skills that are a little better than others in some kind of ways but i believe that the listening part is big i started with sales since i was 14 years old and then one of the key ingredients is to become a good salesperson is to understand people, to listen to them, because it's between the lines when you start to, to actually um, 
get to know people deeper in some kind of way. So, so to, to be able to to have someone to trust you and to be able to, to have someone that that likes you, you need to listen to them first, and you need to uh, to understand them in a deeper level, and that's very important to any human being you meet. Yeah. Definitely. Andre says, we move forward. I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So the first one is this, who has been a tremendous influence for you in the, the area of mindfulness in your life? Mm, one of them is a book you have behind you. That's thinking grow rich. Oh, yes. Napoleon Hill. And then Eckhart Tolle is someone I follow a lot. Right. If you, yeah, Eckhart Tolle as well. So I would say these two people have influenced me. A lot, and Jack Canfield and also Joe Vital. Jack Canfield is a lot of into meditation. I follow him a lot. So I would say these four people is uh, the ones that I've been uh, studying the most. Yeah. Great. Um, I want to ask you how mindfulness has affected your emotions. Oh, I'm a so much calmer person. I don't get angry. I don't get uh, irritated in the sense I could, I, I was before. I could. I could get angry about nothing for about nothing and everything within a matter of seconds when I was younger. I, I, I mean, it's very, very hard to make me irritated or angry nowadays because I know that in the end, it just affects yourself. So, yeah, yeah, it affects me tremendously. Yeah. Definitely does. Yeah. So tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Do you have a special focus on how you breathe at times? Well, breathing is, uh, I don't focus on it in a daily day basis, but I want to do meditate. That's the first ingredient into to calming your mind. And when I do uh, meditations, I focus only about the breathing for the first 10 to 15 minutes before I even start with visual visualizations or, or, uh, or images or construction of future events. Yeah. So uh, breathing in and holding in your breath for three seconds is what I usually do. And then I count to three and then I let it out and then I count to three. So it's always a number three in my head. And that's what I can control the breathing and the counting and nothing else comes into my mind when I'm focusing on just that. Right. Well, you've already mentioned a couple of books, a couple of authors. Can you share an app that helps you with mindfulness or that helps you in any way in your life? I wish I could, but I don't have such an app. Right. <laughs> and if you have one, I would love to have one, but uh, I don't have that. No, I I have a note, a, a notepad as an app, which I write things down that comes into my to to my mind on a day to day basis wherever I am. Because many times we get great things to think about, or or inspirations, or or things that's gonna make us feel calmer or happier or more relaxed. But and then when we come home, we forgot about what it was. Right. People do that. So one app that have really helped me is that as soon as I get these inspirational things coming into my mind, I take out my phone immediately and I write them down on this app, uh, on the notepad, uh, what's it called? And when I come home, I open that again. And sometimes I don't even remember that I wrote it. Right. But then I, that memory comes up again. And I'm so happy that I uh, that I developed these skills to, to do that. And it, it's a great help to do it, to not forget these great things that come in. Because I call them flashes of light, but most of the time we forget about them. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's great that you're able to jot that down. Your book, Homeless to Billionaire, you did it in a relationship with Joe Vitale. So how did that happen? How did you get connected with him and how did he help you with his book? Well, the first time I got to know Joe was uh, a book I read called The Secret. Right. Uh, he was one of the co-authors there or one of the, he was a part of The Secret. And uh, what he said in The Secret, he it, it, it it was talking to me more than the other people. 
So I, I, I understood in a certain way and I started to study his books afterwards and his work and what he's been doing. And I was so inspired of everything that he was saying. So after I read Zero Limits, that's another book from Joe Vital, I, I closed that book and I said to myself, I was still uh, um, in that homeless period of my life, but uh, I closed that book and I said, one day I will going to meet Joe Vital and thank him for everything that he taught me about the mind and how to, how to uh, live a great life. And uh, believe it or not, 15 years later, we're holding a seminar together on the stage. Wow. And uh, it just, when I grew up in business and I started to get wealthy and get all this, uh, and started to open different companies and stuff, and I got into the the, the success event list. That's another company of mine, and I, it's called Success Events. I, br- I uh, bring people from all over the world, and we hold seminars in Thailand and across the world. We had a great seminar just a few months ago with even Mike Tyson, Joe Vital, Jack Canfield, Miss Universe. And um, that's what we continue to do. And hopefully we'll come into the States and do that as well with, with, new, with new speakers. But uh, yeah, I invited Joe and I said, Joe, I would love to invite you to Thailand for a holiday and hopefully we can talk on stage one day. And that was just an email out of the blue. I didn't expect much. Believe it or not, it took a few weeks. He replied and said, I'm happy to come. And that was the first time I met Joe. Wow, that must have been exciting after how how powerful that book affected you. Yeah, it was. And uh, that I did that promise to myself that I would meet him one day. And that email 15 years later led to a yes. That's also just a, a proven method of how powerful your mind can be. Yeah, well, we haven't talked about that story, how you were on the beach, you were homeless. You reached out to a friend of yours in Sweden who you you thought, well, I'll just ask him for money. But instead, he didn't have money, but he sent you the book. And you said that you spent nine days reading that book. Is that true? Yeah, nine days on the beach uh, reading that book. And uh, to be honest, I uh, didn't like the book at all. I was angry. I was frustrated and I didn't believe in any of it. And I was so upset that he could send me a book like that when I really needed help and funds and money to move into an apartment again. But uh, so and I made a decision that, that, that those days and I said, well, instead of feeling sorry for myself, standing, sitting here on the beach and, and just uh, blaming the world, I might as read, read this book and disprove it. At least I have something to do. So I read the book in and out and started to do all the exercises that it was they're telling you to do just to disprove the methods. And I wanted to be the one who said this, that this, this, this doesn't work at all. Yeah. But uh, I started to do it day by day and I started to get the same resources they were actually telling you that you will get. And that was one of the game changers in my life when I, when I started to understand how powerful we are as human beings. I think that's a great story. And your website is andrespira.com, A-N-D-R-E-S-P-I-R-A.com. So check it out. Check out the book, Homeless to Billionaire. You'll be glad you did. You've told so many great stories and shared so many terrific principles, 18 principles. Thank you for being on the show today, Andres. Thank you so much, Bruce, for having me. It's been a pleasure and I love your questions and, uh, and uh, your program as well. A lot of people don't ask me these questions, so uh, well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. All the best to you. Yeah, same to you. Yeah, bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash 
whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show, the Waves of Content Meditation. It's a guided meditation just for you, Mindful Tribe. It's free and it's very, very helpful to help you relax and get more focused. With more focus, you can get more things done in life that truly matter to you. On this meditation, I talk about waves and how the waves can bring you the more calm and more relaxed life you've been looking for. Download this guided meditation to calm your mind and relax your body. Mindfulnessmode.com slash waves of content. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.